boys and girls. This is Miss Kathy. We're in the middle of the Christmas season, and we thought we'd bring you some stories from Guide's Greatest Christmas Stories. After the Christmas season, we'll be returning to our regularly scheduled shoebox mystery books. Christmas is a special time of year, a time to celebrate the birth of baby Jesus, who was born in a stable. Shepherds, after being serenaded by angels, rushed over to find the baby lying in a manger. Wise men, carrying gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, followed a bright star until it led them to the baby king. What about you? Will this Christmas bring you closer to Jesus? I hope so, and I hope that the Jesus of Christmas will live in your heart throughout the year. Helen Lee Robinson, Editor A Christmas to Remember by O.J. Robertson What are we doing special for Christmas Eve? I asked Dad as he came from the barn with the evening's pail of foamy milk. He set the pail on the kitchen table, washed up at the sink, walked to the cook stove, and held out his hands to dry. Your mother and I have talked about it, Angie, he said. We don't think we should tell you yet. Mom nodded as she got the strainer and jars and began to take care of the milk. Can't you tell me a little? Are we going to the Spencers for another party? I'd like to hear Herb and Todd and Sonny sing carols. The Spencer boys are working in Ashland. They may not be home for Christmas. Will we take Ranger and go sleighing? Jason and I would like that. You forget, Ranger has a lame foot, Dad answered. Besides, it's more special than that. My four-year-old brother Jason, awake from his nap, tumbled into the room. Me dweamed bout Christmas, he exclaimed. We all laughed. I couldn't eat much supper because I was thinking about what was so special that Dad wouldn't say a word. Later in bed, I thought, Maybe we'll go to Louisa and see the pretty lights, or have a party at our house and invite the Spencers and the other neighbors. Tuesday turned out to be a snowy day, feathery flakes sifting down. Mom was busy in the kitchen baking Christmas goodies. Outside in the woodshed, Dad split dry wood into small sticks for the kitchen stove. Sometimes he came inside to warm up. Then he'd go back out, maybe down to the barn to feed Ranger and the cows, or to throw corn to the chickens. After dinner, he sat in the living room and read a farm magazine. Tomorrow should be a clear day, he said. Would you like to go find a Christmas tree? I sure would, I answered. I liked hunting Christmas trees. I wished it was tomorrow now. If it were, our special celebration would be one day nearer. Wednesday, the sun shone shimmering pink and smooth like satin. Dad and I went for the tree. He swung an axe over his shoulder, and down the snow-spread road we plodded. At Mrs. Spencer's house, we stopped. Let's see if she wants a tree, Dad said. Ed Gilbert, you're thoughtful as my own boys, Mrs. Spencer exclaimed. I'd like a little pine. If the boys get home from the city, a tree will cheer them up. We found two nice trees, a small glossy pine for Mrs. Spencer and a tangy-smelling cedar for us. That evening we trimmed our tree. Our decorations were simple, tin can ornaments, bits of cotton, and red crepe paper streams. Jason pranced about, touching the tree and sniffing it. We get presents, he said. Wonder what, Angie? I hadn't wondered much about presents. I'd thought a lot about Christmas, but it was all about our special celebration. Maybe Uncle Sam Gilbert was coming from Wheeling for a visit. Maybe Mom and Dad had bought the Victrola and records I'd wanted for my birthday but didn't get. The suspense would soon be over. The day before Christmas, Mom finished her baking. Dad was outside more than usual. He led Ranger, still limping, to the creek to drink. What else he did, I didn't know. I wondered if he was busy preparing for our special Christmas activity. The day passed slowly. 
I secretly watched Mom as she checked our heavy coats hanging in the closet. It was a sure sign we were going someplace. She said she'd fix supper for me to watch Jason, and when he woke up to help him put on clean socks before he put on his shoes. Jason slept soundly and gave me a chance to hear Mom's movements in the kitchen. I heard her take something from a shelf and recognized the shake of a lantern to see if there was enough oil in it. Dad came in from the barn. The milk was strained and put away. The table was set, and we sat down to eat. The bright look in Mom's eyes and the happy tone of Dad's voice told me that something different from past Christmases would happen soon. Before supper was over, darkness had come. Through the kitchen window I saw starlight shining on the snow. Everything was still, and the stillness was magnified by the expectation of that to come. "'Jason's warm clothes are laid out in the bedroom,' Mom said, rising. "'Put them on him, Ed, while Angie and I wash the dishes.' When the dishes were done, Mom said to me, "'Put on your overshoes, your coat, and find your mittens. I'll get myself ready.' "'Is the lantern ready?' Dad asked. "'I'll light it,' Mom said. "'Where's the Bible?' "'In my pocket,' Dad replied. I was puzzled by their conversation. I knew that Christmas Eve services were not scheduled in the neighborhood church. Dad spread ashes over the fire. Mom blew out the lamps, and we stepped out into the cool night. Many stars shone. We could see Mrs. Spencer's light glowing in the darkness. Dad, carrying Jason and swinging the lantern in his free hand, started down the road. We didn't walk far. Mom opened the barnyard gate, and we followed a winding path to the barn. The doors creaked as Dad pushed them open, and they creaked again as they closed, shutting us inside. Bales of hay had been arranged to make a partial enclosure on the floor. Dad hung the lantern on a hook attached to a rope suspended from timbers in the loft. Ranger moved in his stable. A cow lowed in her stall. Dad spoke as we sat down on bales of hay inside the enclosure. Christmas celebrates Jesus' birth in the manger, he said. In the past, we've gone slaying, partying, and doing other things. But this year, we wanted you to know that Christmas is more than doing those things and getting gifts. He took the Bible from his pocket. I'll read from Luke, he said, but before he could begin, there was a call at the door. Hello? What's the matter in there? It was the Spencer boys, their faces red with the cold. Dad explained why we were in the barn. The boys were impressed. Their quiet faces reminded me of the shepherds who had visited the stable in Bethlehem. We got off early at the factory this evening, Herb said. When we saw this light and none in your house, we thought you might have a sick cow. Thought we'd see if we could help. Come on in and sit with us, Mom invited. We won't be here long. Ma's waiting, hoping we'll be home for Christmas, Herb said. But she'd want to know what you folks are doing. We'll stay and tell her. The barn was still while Dad read the first twenty verses from Luke, chapter 2. Never had I heard him speak with such sincerity. Then he asked Herb, Todd, and Sonny to sing Silent Night. They did, and that ended our celebration. Dad took down the lantern. Herb opened the doors, and we all left the barn. No one spoke as we walked to the gate. There, the Spencer boys said good night and went down the road. Before we reached the house, I looked back at the barn, outlined tall and dark, and there in the sky, slightly above the ridge of the barn, was the brightest star I had ever seen, just like the star of Bethlehem. Since that Christmas Eve, when we celebrated Christ's coming in the barn, I've observed Christmases in country villages, small towns, and big cities. But no matter where I've been, no matter what I've done, I've always remembered that Christmas Eve in the barn, 
how in humble surroundings the meaning of Christmas and the mission of the Christ child became a part of me. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Christmas Stories, a compilation from various writers for Guide magazine, edited by Helen Lee Robinson and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. As our special gift to you, we will be sharing one of these stories every day between now and Christmas. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. 